the base is loaded and one out. Oh my God! Deep to right field, way up there and way out of here. Second deck walk off home run. Grand slash. Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight, George is back with me. We are talking third base this time. This is episode 58, I think. <laughs> I'm losing track of it. <laughs> I mean, again, I mentioned this on the second base preview. I'm mentioning it now. We are just – we pre-record some of these just because, you know, our, our schedules get crazy in the offseason. So it's like we pump these out faster than they are actually thrown out there. Just to be, just to be full disclosure, it is what it is. In the off season, we just we we do what we we can to get ahead. And I'm we are busy people these days. So what's going on, George? Enough about me rambling. What's up, man? <laughs> Nothing much, man. Pretty good. Well, I mean, we're in December, man. I mean, before you know it, I mean, January is right around the corner. Things are gonna ramp ramp up, you know. Like we're busy doing our writing. We're doing these podcasts. Hey, I mean, before you know, the season's gonna be here it'll be over before we know it Uh, oh man yeah but yeah it's good to be uh, back here tonight talking about third base um now zach and mr sp streamer have not been non-tendered they're just taking the night off (laughs) yeah exactly not maybe maybe they have been like (laughs) but we need replacements i'm kidding they're good guys they're great co-hosts. It's it's been it's been great to have everybody here, man. We've been it's been like a little team, and it's been nice to have. I know we can fall back on each other. It's really good. Yeah, but for sure, for sure. Enough kissing butt about with those guys. Let's just move forward. Um, let's see. It's still early December. Still a good time. You can join us on Patreon. <laughs> I love to sound like a commercial. Patreon <laughs> patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. If you want to support us beyond just listening, you want to join our community, you want to see what we have to offer, draft services, streaming charts, et cetera, et cetera. It sounds like I'm reading a perfectly written thing, which I'm not, which is actually impressive. I digress. If you are interested in any of that, which I recommend you at least checking out, it's patreon.com slash fantasy baseball. And one last thing before we get started here, just a quick reminder, if you have a chance it's no big deal if you don't, but if you have a chance to hit that five-star rating, leave a little review, it's greatly appreciated. It really goes a long way. But other than that, guys, let's just jump right into third base. Right at the top, I've seen people argue different directions every which way. I'm actually still a Nolan Arenado guy at one overall over Bregman. For me, it's Arenado and Bregman 1-2 in their own tier. I think you, have a few, you add a few more names to those. But for me, yeah. it's those two in their own tier. Do you still have – do you have them in the same order? And then we can talk about who else you include. I do have uh, Arenado 1 and Bregman 2. So, yeah. Okay. But they're not in their own tier for you. For who, who do you include in that tier? I include Anthony Rendon and Rafael Devers in that tier. Yeah. I, it's really simple why I don't. Track record. Yeah. Right. I mean – It's just a simple – I mean, Rendon's been safe – but I feel like we saw his career year. He's never really been more of a. He's never really been a steady over thirty home run producer. I don't think the. I don't. Think, I mean, it depends where he signs, but I don't think the RBI total, like the RBIs and run totals, are as likely as the other two. I don't know. I just think I think he's it's just a tick off of the other two as far as the ceiling goes, and that's what puts him in the next tier for me. Uh that's fair. I mean, you can yeah, you can argue that. I mean that he's not going to hit, you know, 40 home runs. 
and Devers also is another guy that I just I, t- I explained my reasoning. It's just I I'm about, I, I believe the power is pretty legit or will remain. You know, thirty home run bat. I think we might have saw his career high in runs and RBI, and I just again I'm a little I'm a little more concerned about the chase rate and the and the chase contact and the O contact. If the if that falls off, if the contact falls off just a little bit, that chase rate jumped up really big. It's up to forty percent. Last I checked. Um, it's just it's just a small concern. Not like it's not something that makes me avoid him, but it is something again that just separates him from the top tier and puts him as low as fifth for me. Though you have him at fourth or third. I have him fourth. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like we're far off. It's just I just put him in a different tier again. Yeah. Now I think uh, you know you you and I we both we you know we did our fan checks uh, HQ third base rankings and I'm not sure if anyone else had any other third baseman at number one but it's just it's kind of an easy call for me just five straight seasons now with 37 plus home runs 200 plus you know runs in rbi you're talking about 300 average consistently with nolan arenado and he's he's only mm-hmm. 28 years old so i mean still has course to call home absolutely absolutely and then bregman i don't know i i I do have a little concern with Bregman. I His just that cast page is just not pretty, like for what you expect from a, an elite hitter. Right. So he hit two ninety six with forty one home runs. I mean, you got to wonder how much you know the juice ball had to do with that. When you look at his stat cast metrics, it, it looks like he just overperformed across the board. I mean, five ninety two slugging and uh, four seventy one expected slugging, uh, two seventy two. Sorry. Right. Uh huh. I was gonna say a lot of it is like he pulls the ball really well. And he purposely pulled like that's a lot of it behind his. That's a lot of reasoning behind his um his home run totals and his power output. He's really good at pulling the ball. He sits on pitches I think up and in. I was watching a thing about him. Yeah, how he, how he does that like like that's just the type of hitter he is. He's just he's such a good hitter that he purposely sits on certain pitches and pulls them and he makes sure he you know he makes sure he hits them properly to generate the power that isn't maybe naturally there. And that's why you have like I'm surprised I'm surprised he was able to do the home runs he did though with the barrel rate being so low actually right I was just gonna oh, no. point that out the 5.4 yeah. percent barrel rate which is really weird for so yeah he did I mean yeah so he overachieved on every um, in every aspect so that's why it's like I still have him in the same tier but to put him above Arenado I don't know why people are doing that I thought I saw one person do it though. Yeah, I think one person did do it, but yeah, I'm right there with you. He's he's second right here for me. Um, he did really improve that plate discipline. Seventeen point two percent walk rate, twelve percent strikeout rate, which is crazy now, how he improved it. But yeah, he walked more than he struck out the year before anyway. So now he really walked more than he struck out the the uh, this year. It's crazy. I love I love that. It's a similar. You know, his, that plate discipline is similar to Jose Ramirez, which we'll get to shortly. And Jose Ramirez also is another guy who just doesn't have the stat cast data to back up any of the power output he puts up. So right, it, sh- exactly. it, shows, it shows that it could still be done. That's all. Yeah. Now, I mean, does, does the whole, you know, Stein's science stealing scandal, yeah. does that have any impact on you when it comes yeah. to like any Astros hitters? No, because home or away, I, I believe just – I looked into it for 2019 purposes. I think I think we had Zach from Fake Teams on here, and he was doing it with me. We were looking it up simultaneously. I think Bregman – I'm going to look it up real quick. I think he was one of them. We looked up some of the bigger-name guys. And his home and his home and road splits just for 2019 anyway, I think he actually hit – I think they hit better on the road. It was pretty, like – it was, like, not – like, it was nothing really – 
concerning at all about the splits. Like it wasn't like obvious. Let's see here. I pulled him up home and away in 2019. He hit for a better average on the road. He hit for more home runs on the road. And this is in fewer games and fewer at bats. So it's like, I'm really not concerned about his away stats at all. And yeah. you, and they were known to be cheating at home. You know what I mean? I doubt they were cheating on the road. They didn't have center field cameras to take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, the, yeah, there's no doubt that Bregman is, you know, just, an elite hitter. And again, I, sure. I looked at, I looked at him, Altuve, and I think it was a Crea or one of the other, oh, Springer. Cause Crea didn't have enough, enough sample with the injury, I think, but. Um, I looked at those three, and Springer – I believe it was Springer and Bregman that both hit better on the road, and Altuve that barely hit worse. So it was just one of those things where it's like, sure, they might have stole signs at home, but they were still such – like the hitting talent was so real that they did it just as well on the road too. And I don't think they were stealing signs on the road. I don't remember that being part of the issue. Do you? I don't – Right, yeah. So just a, just a little thing for people because a lot of people – there are a lot of people that are legitimately – concerned about it and i just i'm just that's my reason why i'm not concerned but what about you are you concerned at all or does like the splits kind of help ease your concerns a little bit or yeah no i'm not i'm not too concerned at all i mean it doesn't yeah i mean i still have bregman number two yeah so there you go (laughs) yeah but like technically if you if you if you want to that's like a that would be like a tiebreaker well you you know what i kind of wasn't worried but maybe i Maybe like I was torn between Bregman and Arenado. That could be something that's like, oh, why not? That could be my tiebreaker. Why I like Arenado more. I could see that be a reason. I don't. Obviously, I have other reasons, but that could. I could see people using that. I don't know. I think it's. I think it's. I don't think it's irrelevant. I don't think it's relevant for Bregman in particular on that team. Yeah. But, yeah. Now, just um, moving down here now to number mm-hmm. three. I mean, I, I know that some people can make an argument for Anthony Rendon being number one. Uh, third baseman and um, maybe in points leagues um, I, I can see that you know he he hits a ton of doubles and looking at his stat cast stuff I mean everything lines up perfectly you look at the expected slugging of 599 he slugged 598 you look at the expected batting average of 319 he hit 319 uh, you know it's 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 all there uh, you like the the launch angle 19.5 degree launch angle good solid exit velocity 12 percent barrel rate it, it's all there. I mean, and I think he's always, you know, flashed that potential. Um, I, I don't think anyone expected him to be an over, you know, hit over 30 home runs this year. He did. It was the first time in his career he did. I, I remember going back to, you know, the, my guys, I think I called it that, you know, this would be his first, you know, 30 plus home run season. And yeah, sure enough, you know, 34 home runs. And I think he could do it again. I really do. I, I think he's just as safe as they come. Now, I wonder where he signs though. I really am right. curious. There's, I haven't really heard much chatter about it. Yeah, I, I mean, you kind of think. I know the Rangers are, you know, yeah. rumored to be going after him. The White um, Sox, got, maybe. Maybe the White Sox. You got to think that the Nationals want to bring him back. Well, the Nationals it's, apparently are like really aggressively going after Donaldson, from what I read today. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, one. <laughs> I'm just saying that's why I read. I mean, I, I could be wrong. They could be wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so we'll see. He He's obviously one of the top free agents out there. There's going to be a ton of teams, you know, wanting to get Rendon. I know that uh, – did I did I see the Dodgers were, were thinking about – or was it Strasburg, one of those guys? But I think the Dodgers are tied to Rendon. To Rendon as well, Lindor, right? I mean, <laughs> Cole. <laughs> like, you can name a team and they are tied to them right now. 
Yeah, I so just, I mean, I just wonder how many people are gonna like. He's gonna sign by the time his podcast airs, and we're gonna have to do what we did for second base all over again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I just I love Anthony Rendon. He he's got a near one to one you know strikeout to walk ratio, and I mean he's just he's just an elite hitter. And now I do you know the reason why I have him number three. I have him here as well. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, a little bit of injury concerns. You know, it seems like every season there's like a couple weeks where he's like dealing with some kind of like nagging injury. Um, but I mean, other than that, yeah, he's just he's just a dude, man. He, he's just awesome. And he likes bourbon, <laughs> which is never a bad thing. I wonder which type he likes to drink. I'm genuinely curious. I got to look that up. Rendon's three for me as well. But what keeps him out of that top tier, like I said before, is just the lack of track record the other two have shown. But he's in the same tier with me as Devers, so it's like we aren't different. We aren't different there. We just you you put them both in that first tier. I don't. What is it? Uh, I think you've talked about Devers in the past, but if you want to sum it up real quick, what you really like about him, and we can move on to who my number four is and your number five is because of the same guy and Jose Ramirez. Before we get yeah. before we touch on Ramirez, we want to touch on Devers real quick about like what you do buy into and all that. Right, sure. So I think Devers has joined that top tier, uh, that top tier of four that that I have here. He hit three eleven with thirty two home runs. Uh, now I know you kind of cited his contact uh, percentages, but his strikeout, you know, he did cut his strikeout rate by seven percent. His stat cast page is, you know, off the charts. He's, you know, in top, you know, top six percent in exit velocity, ninety uh, third percentile expected batting average, ninety first percentile hard hit rate. You know, and then, you know, looking a little deeper into the StatCast stuff, I, I found that he by far led the majors with 176 batted balls hit over 100 miles per hour. So, I mean, I, I still, I think that power is legit. I think there's still more power to be unlocked. He chips in some steals. He's in a good lineup. Uh, I, I think he's right there. I, I think he's going to be a perennial, you know, close to 300 hitter and putting up 30 plus home runs. Real quick, you have his StatCast page pulled up or no? Yeah. What's his exit velocity? Like what percentile? Uh, percentile is uh, 94th percentile at 92.1. What's the hard hit percentage percentile? Uh, 91st percentile. 91st? Okay. What's ex-WOBA? What's his uh, ex-WOBA is 78th percentile. Ex-slug? It is 85th. And XBA? 93rd. I ask you all this because my boy J.D. Davis beats him in three of those categories. What's up? <laughs> we will get to J.D. Davis later. Oh, <laughs> we will get to J.D. Davis later. But I couldn't help myself because I'm like, I know his is right, but I knew, I knew Davis is his right, but I knew Devers, is, Devers was – I can't do it. I uh, can't pronounce it. Devers. Stack Devers, Davis. <laughs> yeah. It's, all, it's like the Olsen Alonzo thing. I just can't get their names right. Yeah. Um, it's – they're both. I knew that both their Statcast pages were red, and I was like, I gotta do this. I know it's it's a dumb comp. He's he's not gonna be Devers, or is he? To be determined. But we are getting way ahead. Let's let's go ahead and move over to Jose Ramirez. We both have him in our top five. We both, I guess, are not really as concerned as maybe others might be about the production. We know the year long slump. If you combine the second half and first half of 2018 and 2019 was an ugly one, but he snapped out of it in a big way. And if it wasn't for injury, he was carrying teams like championships, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I was one of them. I was, yeah. you know, just being patient, riding out that cold streak. And then 
he turned it on. It was unfortunate that he broke his hand and wasn't able to, you know, finish out our fantasy season. But yeah, I mean, I have him fifth, but he can very much be right up there with, with the top four guys. I mean, he has been, he has been absolutely. I mean, he put up a monster season, you know, two years ago and he's still very much capable for me of at least, you know, hitting 25 home runs, 25 steals. Now I know the power has been in question a little bit just because, you know, you look at the stat cast, uh, you know, metrics throughout his career and they don't necessarily jump off the page, but I mean, yeah, this is, you know, three seasons in a row now that he's shown that he can hit for power that, you know, it's, it's legit. Uh, The prolonged slump, you know, is a little bit concerning. Uh, You know, I I still, I'm still comfortable taking him in the second round. No problem. Now you you also got to wonder, you know, how much of that slump played into how much he ran because he did get 18 steals in the first half and uh, his pace slowed down. I know he missed time in the second half, but his pace slowed down in the second half. He only had six steals. So um, you got to wonder, you know, how much he would be running. But I mean, hey, he like I said, 25, 25, even 30, 30, he can do it. And he, you know, he's capable of being a good hitter, of hitting for, you know, decent average. So I'm a big fan of Ramirez. And despite having him fifth, I think he can still be right up there with the elite. The crazy part is every one of these players are like top 20 to top 25 players. So, Right, yeah. Like, yeah, because like I have no weird. problem taking Ramirez in in the second round. Yeah, early second. Like it's for me, I don't because the speed itself separates him from a lot of guys. So I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yeah. I, I like the value. Honestly, I think he's solid. I think he has that first round potential all day. Uh, we can move off these top five though, because we can talk. They could be their own podcast. But after that, it gets interesting. It just because third base is really deep. It's probably the next clo- deepest of the infield positions behind shortstop but it, it can you can argue that it's actually just as deep you get into this next group of players and for me it's a big tier come like a big tier everywhere i'm higher than most on eugenio suarez yeah but he's in the same tier six through eleven for me suarez mancada chris bryant machado guerrero jr and chapman for me they make their own tier and you can make your you can make your argument for any of them. For me, Suarez, I have at six. I think it's the, the big power. The, you know, again, he's now he's he's gonna this lineup seems to be getting better around him as far as the Reds in general. You can see more lineup protection, which you have now in Lewis behind him. The home runs are probably gonna be 35 floor, solid, close to 200 total, 100 uh, between runs and RBIs. I'd say, I'd say realistically 180 180 runs and RBIs, 90 each is fair with a 250 minimum batting average. I think he's closer to a 260 guy. In the, in the second half, we saw a 260 hitter or 270 hitter. I think 260 is fair. I don't know. I really like it. I think the I think the power is a potentially difference-making compared to the rest of the guys in this tier, except for maybe Machado, which we'll get to in a little bit. Right. Okay. So I actually have uh, Suarez ninth in my ranking, so I'm a little bit I lower. I know. I'm sorry? I'm saying, oh, I, know okay. you're a lower. I know you're lower than me. I told yeah. you a little bit high. Yeah, so I have uh, Suarez a little bit lower in my rankings. I have him ninth. Um, so just a few things that concern me are the strikeout rate. You know, strikeout rate went up. It's at 28%. Um, he did pull the ball a ton more. Uh, so he, my concern is that... He sold out for power. He did, right. So my concern is that he sells out for power. And without, you know, without the juice ball, how, does, he, does he touch, you know, does he come close to 50 home runs again? Now, 
you know, it looks like he did overperform his expected batting average by quite a bit because it was at 248. Maybe the strikeout percentage has a lot to do with yeah. that, carrying down the expected batting average. But, um, yeah, like I said, that's my concern is that if he sells out for power, he continues his pull tendencies. If he's a 260 hitter, you know, 35 home runs, I don't see how he's much different than Mustakas, who you can get, you know, 60 picks later. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that as I said that, to be completely honest. I don't know. I just think because we've seen the – we saw him almost hit 50 this year with 100 RBIs. And, yeah, yeah. He, hit, he hit 270. And if you look at his past, I know, like you said, he sold out for power. It's just really hard to – it's really hard to ignore because you look at just 2018 where he had the uh, 277 batting average. And it's just – and then – or expected batting average, I should say. What did he do for his actual batting average? 283. Yeah. So 283, 260. 248, 280. So, and I just look, you look at that cast, you could tell he changed his swing a little bit because um, the launch angle increased, which explains the home runs. But look at that barrel rates, top 7% at 14% barrel rate. That's a really impressive barrel rate. But it's weird. He sold out for power and his exit velocity dropped. Right. Because, yeah. And, and, so, his hard, and his hard hit rate. <laughs> yeah. His exit velocity and, and hard hit rate dropped. His exit velocity dropped kind of significantly, almost, you know, almost two miles an hour. Um, I'm not concerned though, because he did all he with that he did 49 home runs. Now maybe he finds it's not not as successful. Maybe I'll even come down on him a little bit because again, right now he's just at, he's just at the top of a tier for me. But I'm like I'm wondering why my why would I rather have like honestly the name that came to mind is why wouldn't I rather have Machado? Like Machado seems like the type of guy I'd rather have over him. But I don't yeah. want Machado. I don't want Machado that high. So maybe I move Suarez down. I can move Suarez down to. Eight uh, to eight, and then move Makata and Chris Bryant up. That might happen because more I look into him, more I look at him, the more I'm not. I don't know. I feel like every day with him it's different. I really I'm sold on him some days. Other days I'm like meh. So it's I don't know. It's it's tough. I just think I think it is. Yeah, Suarez is tricky. You look at that 49 home run. You look at the 49 home runs. You see the and it was a strong second half. He finished strong after starting off a little on the rough side. I think we obviously know that the fact that he can hit 50. The same argument. It's pretty much like an Alonzo type. Like you, like well, we've seen him do it, but now we're not expecting him to do it because I get he's not as obviously the metrics don't back it up as much as like an Alonzo type. But to, it's again, it's a lot of it's ballpark too. Look at his ballpark. You know, it's yeah, it can help make up for some of the deficiencies and that he might have shown too. Right. So Steamer has him projected for two fifty three average and thirty five home runs, and I mean, yeah, like I said that. That's pretty much identical to Mustakas, you know, Moustakas his, actually, his teammate. Mustakas is actually projected 35 and 260. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, see, so there you go. <laughs> hmm. I'm going to have to rethink my Suarez love. I really am. I might. Yeah, and that's not, to say, that's not to say that Suarez isn't going to be a great player next year. I mean, that just goes to show how deep third base is when you have a guy who hit 48 home runs, and I have him here down at nine. Um, yeah, but like I, I, I think said, that's I, the difference. I think that's the difference between him and Moose. Moose has never shown that ceiling Suarez has. So I think Suarez definitely, obviously, needs to be ranked above him. I yeah. think he. I still think he belongs in this tier. I think, and we have him similar. I. I just might be too high on him. But then when you look at somebody like Chris Bryant, which where's Chris Bryant at for you? I actually have Chris Bryant sixth, and this and one's you, most questionable for me. If you this look is at the one, I uh, mm-hmm. you look at his stat data, and it's like really unfavorable. Right. Yeah, except for, his, I mean, except, for, except for his speed. Right, he has good sprint speed. Um, but doesn't so, steal bases. <laughs> right. 
the the thing i mean the sprint speed does help i mean it can help maintain uh like a good babbit yeah batting average and all that yeah batting average right so that's why i have chris bryant at six it, i kind of have him down as like kind of a boring but safe pick if you're looking at like maybe like a 280 average mid 20s uh to 30 home runs the thing is like can he get 100 percent healthy how healthy is he you know like Will he ever be the same? Will he ever be this, the same? You know, it, his, it just seems like his stat cast metrics have really dipped since, you know, after that 2016, 2016 season. Well, the, he had that shoulder issue, right? Right, yeah. And never really recovered, it seems like. I'm just, I, you look at his stat cast data, you look at his projections, because I, ha- I have the steering projections in front of me for like every player. And obviously the counting stats are better, but like a Jeff McNeil is like a poor man, Chris Bryant, as far as like, a few more steals, a better batting average, 20 home runs instead of 30 home run upside. But I don't know. It's just like a poor man. Just what it reminds me of, like just a guy that you can bank on solid safe, but right. That's probably a bad one, but I don't know. He's one I was just looking at. I'm like, he has the batting average. He has like the 20 home run. Cause I think Bryant take away the juice ball. He's the type of guy. I feel like he's going back to 25 home runs. Like what do you hit 2018? Like 27, something like that. Yeah. Let's see. Sorry, I didn't mean to be on the spot. I just remember him hitting. Like, <laughs> he hit in the 20s in 2018. Got back over 30 last year, but how much of that was the juice ball compared to? Yeah, so uh, he hit 29 in 2017, yeah. okay, and then he so... hit 13 home runs in 2018 because his season Injury. was cut short. He only yeah. played 102 games, right? Still 102 games, 13 home runs. That barely extrapolates to like 20, probably like 28-ish. So I guess 30 is okay. So, okay, obviously McNeil's a bad comp. I'm really off tonight, um, <laughs> but he, I guess my point was just somebody that's like I don't know. I, I guess Chris. That's why it's like I can understand Chris Bryant there. I just I don't know. I, I hate seeing a Statcast page that looks like his. You know? Yeah. So I mean, like I said, I have him six, and it was this one's the one that's most questionable for me. Uh, I wasn't sure how I felt about having him over, you know, someone like Suarez or Moncada, and and I actually have Vlad Jr. right behind him. I'm not so sure how I feel about that either, but yeah, I have Chris <laughs> Bryant down as kind of a boring but safe kind of pick. I, I don't think he's going to have that, you know, 40 home run upside anymore. Um, like, like I said, I think he can still hit for a good average, about 280. And I think you're looking at mid to upper 20s in home runs with probably some decent counting stats, just so long as that uh, lineup remains, you know, as good as it is right now. I'm having a hard time moving Suarez down. I'm just picturing that lineup getting better around him. I'm picturing, you know, him having more lineup protection so he should see better pitches. I just – I don't know, man. I think the ceiling – I think I, w- I want to chase that ceiling a little more than, than taking the floor of Bryant. I think. That's yeah, I mean, I can see that. I, I just think that – yeah. I just well, have a feeling that you're going to be disappointed chasing, chasing that power. Well, I think... you, want talk, you want to talk about disappointments, let's talk about chasing Vlad Jr., like seriously that's disappointing like yeah so you're you're paying for it without having seen even a chance like other than his minor league stats which i get dude i I don't doubt the pedigree i just i'm i don't i'm i'm really just anti-paying for it without seeing it first right so i have him at seven i have him at seven because i'm i'm a little more optimistic that he's gonna he's gonna rebound his sophomore season you know, I, I take a look at, at Vlad's numbers, and, I mean, he had a max exit velocity of 118. Yeah, if you look those, at his page, that rings first. Those were ground balls. And, I mean, <laughs> I don't want if anybody... we listen, 
Right. Yeah. I mean, if we listen back to, I kind of made the same argument before this last season uh, with Juan Soto. I I cited his ground ball rate as a reason for concern. It was at 53%. And I mean, I bought it. I faded Juan Soto. That was a big mistake on my part. I mean, if you look at these guys with, with pedigree, I mean, you got to trust the talent too, you know, that, that does have a lot to do with it. And I mean, Soto is a perfect example of, of, just an elite hitter that can knows how to make adjustments. And I think Vlad is right there too. He, if you know, he hit the most balls in baseball over 115 miles an hour. So we know that he has that raw power. Uh, you know, the ground ball rate is a concern because, you know, he's not going to have the best sprint speed, but it, I mean, I don't have a doubt that he can make those adjustments. He's, you know, in, in a couple seasons in the minors, he absolutely crushed the ball, uh, hit over, you know, 400 in double a, uh, two years ago and then hit uh, the, the previous season, you know, previous from this last season, he was in triple A, he hit, you know, 330, over 330. So, yeah, I, I just think that, that there's a chance he could put it all together this year and he also, really bounce back. And Doing it in the minors, though, I mean, we've seen players like Buxton and others, you know, I'm not saying he's a bust by any means. Vlad, that is. Yeah. I'm just saying that, you're getting a guy who's never seen big league off-speed pitching or pitches, like not as frequently as he does. You know, in the minors you see it because they get called up, but not as frequently. You didn't have teams game planning as well as they do, you know, in the pros, scouting. And my I remember the big takeaway I took from him was my deep dive I did midseason that he was struggling with breaking pitches low in the zone. He could not get – he could not hit them. He struggled immensely. Well. Now, I know he hit really well in the second half as far as batting average, right? Didn't he – weren't his splits pretty favorable for the second half? That was like something of his. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. Um, so, he, he hit 293 in the second half. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. So, so I, I, I – trust me, I'm, I have him at 10th. So, I'm not exactly low on him. I'm just – he's still a top 10 third baseman for me. I just have a hard time taking him over a Chris Bryant over a Suarez but if I need the batting average I get it because I think the batting average is there I think the raw power is there will we see 30 home runs I'm not sure 25 I feel safe that's what steamer projects him for I can see that but it's like I have a hard time taking him over Machado for me it's Machado Bryant Mercado and Suarez those four names I have a really hard take I have a really hard time taking him over because we've seen those guys for a few years now except for Mercado which we'll get to in a moment We've seen those guys for a few years now be – like, we've seen their ceilings. We've seen what they can offer. I, I have a hard time taking somebody that still has yet to really prove he could do it over these com- commodities. And most of them actually go after him in ADP, I believe. So, there is that going for me too. Yeah, and I think I think by the time we get – you know, to yeah. February, March, people are going to be all right back in on, on Vlad. And he'll be a I mean, third round pick early fourth. And I'm like, no, I'll just sit back and take Machado or Mancata Suarez. I, I, I like these guys again. And that's another thing. These are my personal ranks. This is how yeah. I would, but every draft, this is why I'm going to, I'm going to stress it all off season. I prefer tier based approach because I have all these names in the same tier. What that yeah. means, what that means you all the ranks are, the ranks show my preference, but the tier suggests I value them all equally. So whatever my team needs is what, is what I'm taking from this tier. If I need power, I'm going to take Suarez. If I need speed, I'm going to go Mikata. If, if, if both of those guys are gone and we get down to like, oh, Bryant, Machado, and Chapman are there, 
well, if I need batting average base, if I need some batting average with some runs, I'm going to go Chris Bryant. If I need to swing for the fences, literally, because I need power, I'm taking Machado. We know his upside and the power's there. I want something yeah. If I really want upside, my problem is, is by the time I, the fact that we have Guerrero priced here, but he's going like he's almost priced, he's almost going to be priced with the second tier guys. That's the issue. So I hate, I, I know people are, people attack ranks, and I'm okay with that. Come, come at me, bro. But um, <laughs> I'm serious. Like, we, we, we can discuss them, but my ranks only show my preference within a certain tier. If I place somebody in a tier with others, it's because I value them the same. Because you can argue, you know who's projected to be better as far as his stat line is projected to be better than Suarez is Donaldson. Yeah. But that's but with Donaldson, you have to trust the health. And just because he did it first time in three years, I suddenly, I, I'm supposed to suddenly buy in. I, I don't. But we're, we're jumping ahead too far. Uh, I'm sorry. I know I've been talking for a little bit. You want to say anything about any of these guys? I just threw some names out there. I don't know. <laughs> no, you're thoughts. good. You're good. Uh, so I did talk about uh, Vlad Jr. here, who I mm-hmm. have at seven. Um, like I said, I think he's going to be one of those helium guys, going to go back into the third round. Um, so, I mean, if, <laughs> I mean, if you're drafting now, you're probably going to get a good value because I, I think he's going to bounce back se- his sophomore season. And, um, yeah, I think he's going to be great. But uh, at eight do, here – He would do great with a sweet – like a little bit of a lift in a swing, put, add, some, add some loft, you know, a little bit of launch angle to that swing of his. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I have no doubt that he can do it. Uh, right, it's just – you know, is this going to be if this is going to be the season, you know? Exactly. Right. So at eight here, I have uh, Johan Moncada. Okay, um, I have Moncada at seven. So yeah, we're both, yeah, we're both so higher he, than consensus, I think. Yeah, he missed a bit of time, and he still had a great season by all standards. I mean, you know, twenty-five home runs, ten steals. Uh, what he missed, like twenty games, something like and, that. I think he only played. It, yeah, and his Statcast page is bright red too. Yeah, so he played only. He only played one hundred and thirty-two games. Uh, so yeah, I mean. The p- potential is there for Moncada. The, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, like you said, his stack has paid, you know, top he, 3% exit velocity. He increased his plate discipline a little bit last year. He um, – Yeah, cut down power, on those strikeouts. The power speed is there. And not to mention, he's going to be hitting what should be a t- – I think he's going to be hitting a top – a really, really good lineup. If not, he'll be hitting fifth. Probably. Yeah, yeah. That lineup Which, is getting better. You know, it's a great park to hit in. Yeah. Now – he won't maintain like he can't maintain a four oh six Babbitt. Um, you know, yes, so he can. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm I don't, kidding. I don't think... I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> totally joking. That went I, right over my head. <laughs> yes, he can. No, he can't. There's that's like uh, yeah, so... that'd be like record breaking, man. No, right. But yeah. he could, could, realistically, he could do like a three fifty bang uh, Babbitt. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, uh, three fifty, three even three sixty Babbitt. You know, uh, up in there with his sprint speed, absolutely. So. I mean, 406 won't be maintained. I won't count on him hitting, you know, over 300. But I have him down here for, you know, potential 280, 25 home runs, 15 still season. I mean, that that right there is you're looking at, you know, great, you know, top 25 value right there. Yeah, I, I think realistically, I, I think 25 and 12 with a 265 to 270 batting average is fair. Fair. That's a fair. That's a good direction. conservative. Uh, you know, good conservative yeah. projection, and I think that's very realistic. And that could be that could potentially be his floor, and that's why I have him ranked at seventh. I, and I honestly want to switch him and Suarez a little bit, but it comes down to team construction. And during that mock the other night, I took Suarez because I needed power, and we saw that he has forty nine home run upside or forty eight every hit last year. And 
that was why that was that decision. That's why that decision was made. But looking back, I probably should have taken the speed because power came to me later anyway. But anyway, that's a whole other discussion. Mankata, though, I'm really all about him. I rank him aggressively, and I'm going to have him on a lot of teams this year. Yeah. Because I think, I think me and you, again, are higher than consensus as a yeah. whole. Like, I'm not 100% sure exactly where. But anyway. Um, and I might actually I might actually flip him and Vlad here. Um, <laughs> join, 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 the, join the dark side. I might do that, especially in uh, especially in roto leagues, like roto or category leagues. Yeah, because of the but steals. In, in points leagues, I'll probably still have Vlad above him. Yeah, well, points leagues change a lot of values. Like, yeah. Um. Well, not maybe not in this position because I'm looking at this position, and until you get to like Mustakis, everybody here has a good OBP. Chapman, I struggled where I wanted to put him. I don't know about uh, I don't know about you, but Chapman is 11th for me. And he's right behind Vlad, Machado, and Brian. We mm-hmm. know that – and remember, I was the big Chapman – the Matt Chapman guy. I was the Chapman guy last year. Huge on him. Yeah. But I think – I don't think he offers the same ceiling as those guys. But the problem is, is he's safer than – and he, he's safer with with a high floor, like a higher floor than – not even a higher floor, just – I feel like he's safer and I feel like the health is there compared to like a Josh Donaldson. That's why, right. I, that's why I kept him out of the same tier. But then you get like a DJ LeMahieu, and it's like LeMahieu could be in that upper tier, but I think he lacks the ceiling to be in the upper tier. I don't think we're going to see the season we just saw from him. So it's like I really struggle with Chapman. Um, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, so I actually have Chapman uh, at 11th as well, right there with you. I have him right behind Manny Machado. Now, I mean, Chapman has shown for like three seasons now that he is elite as far as hard hit and exit velocity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if you look at the rankings, it's right up there. 96th percentile exit velocity, 94th percentile hard hit rate. And I mean, 2018, it's like the same. 2017, he's right up there too. So I think he can be a perennial 30 plus home run guy. I really do. The question for me is, will he ever hit for the average? I just, I, I don't think so. I, but I, I do think that I can trust him to hit 30 plus home runs and I could trust him to play every day. Yeah, and that's, that's- valuable. That is valuable, exactly. Yeah, it's the, it's always gonna be the batting average with him. Not that's gonna be bad. It's just never gonna be better than. I don't think. Yeah, I don't see him being better than much better than like a two sixty five hitter. But right, yeah, because I mean he hit two forty nine. His expecting batting average is right there at two fifty five. Um, exactly. Right. So the the power I think is legit. The so guy, the the guy that's where do you have Donaldson at? Because Donaldson, it's like I feel like Donaldson and him are good comps. Donaldson has the higher ceiling, but the floor is missing half a year. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> like that's just that's just the the the, the harsh reality of it. Yeah. And where, so, and where he goes matters too, though. It does. I have him at thirteenth. I have so, him at twelve. So yeah, we're right there. Yeah, I have him at thirteenth. The question is, will he stay healthy? Where does he land? He's about to be thirty-four years old. I mean, I for me, Donaldson is. He was a value for people who took him last season, and, and that's going, that. You I know, think he's he, still going in the same range, though. He's still going around pick hundred, I think, or maybe eighty. We need we need more ADP data. Yeah, we really do. I need some ADP. <laughs> I need ADP in my life. Right. So he was a value for people last season because he was able to stay healthy. If he's going in the same spot this year, I don't know he's going to be a value because. You're hoping for the health again. You're hoping for the health. You're hoping that he doesn't decline going going into his age 34 season. Now, if this is if this is OBP, I probably move him up a few spots, probably over Matt Chapman. 
if, if we're talking OBP league because he walks so much. And I mean, what he did last year was amazing. 15.7% barrel rate. He still hits the ball a ton. You know that. But like I said, I have him 13 here, just a couple spots behind Chapman because like I said, will he stay healthy? The age as well. I just don't know. I, I just, I've, it almost just feels like a trap for me this year. I'm thinking about swapping him and LeMahieu. I think that's because LeMahieu, I don't know. Again, him and LeMahieu are in the same tier and they're 12 and 13 for me. Do you have LeMahieu at 12? Is that who's at your 12? I do. I have LeMahieu at 12. And it's, they're interchangeable. What do you need? Do you need power? Donaldson. Do you need, I mean, unless you really want to wait, you can get Moustakis later. But, oh, actually, there's a lot of power options that we're going to get to. Yeah, so yeah, Donaldson, there are. If you need power late, you don't even have to take Donaldson there. I just like the ceiling there more than LeMahieu. But I can understand taking LeMahieu because the floor is higher and he's more likely to play every day. So I get LeMahieu at 13-12. I don't know. That might honestly change come draft season. A lot of these a lot of these things change as I do more mocks and more actual drafts because then I, that's how I found out with a few guys at first base who I prefer where because of how – you know, I mean, when I drafted, I realized who I preferred as the draft was actually occurring. Yeah. These are like – for me, these are like in a vacuum uh, things. I haven't truly decided – who I want because I haven't been in a position where I had to pick between them yet in a lot of places. I think once I get to that point, it'll actually really help solidify my ranks. I'm glad we're doing this in December though, because there's only, I mean, that, that means we're just that much farther ahead of a lot of people. I guarantee yeah. you there's, uh, there's a lot of people not doing this right now, which is awesome for us because it gives us a chance. It gives us a little uh, wiggle room to be wrong for now. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the earlier you start the you know, the more of a, of a grasp you're going to have on your rankings and the more research you could do, uh, I mean, the more conviction you can have in your beliefs come draft season, you know, it's just the more prepared you're going to be. Now, just going back uh, in these last couple spots, I have, uh, yeah, I do have DJ LeMahieu 12. We did touch on him on our second base rankings, so I, I won't really get too much into him. You know, he's, I think we all agree that he is a solid contributor in, you know, just about every category, and he's going to be solid atop that Yankees lineup. And then, um, Going back to where do you have Manny Machado? Because I have him tenth. I have him at nine. Nine. Okay, yeah. So we're just about the same. We've been pretty much the same on a lot of guys, and we keep our guys in the same tier. We don't really we don't differ too much in these, and we kind of understand each other's points. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad Machado. I'm glad you switched Machado and Guerrero. That makes me happy. But other than that, I mean, I put Suarez back up to six because I just can't find. I can't talk myself down on him because where he goes to drafts, you're not really reaching. He's still like a fourth or fifth round pick and he's still like a potential difference maker in home runs. So it's really hard for me to come down off Suarez. But other than that, I haven't really had many issues. Like you have Guerrero higher than me, but I get it. I just, I'm not as optimistic. I think the batting average is there. Just little things. I don't want to get back into all these guys, but yeah, we are, you know, yeah, like, no, we've, I did, you've been pretty much lockstep this whole way. Yeah. I did want to touch on Machado a little bit um, just because I, I feel like, uh, a lot of people are down on him. I am too. And, yeah, and I mean, I have him 10th, which just feels which, weird. It, it feels weird, weird yeah. to have him, Manny Machado at 10. You know, it's, it's funny because I'm down on him, but I'm higher than you technically. Right. <laughs> and for me, I mean, I almost want to move him up here. And because you're looking at five straight seasons now, five straight seasons of 30 plus home runs and 156 games played. And we know how talented he is. You look at the stack. Yeah, multi-position eligible. He's going to be eligible at shortstop and third base. You look at his Statcast metrics, and he's the same player ever, for throughout his whole career, including last year. He's been the same player, really no difference. He's just been consistently 
you know, a consistent hitter. Now, maybe the results have been a little inconsistent, but he's the same guy. Uh, sprint speed hasn't changed, hard hit, exit velocity, launch angle. Everything's right in line with his career. The only thing that went up was his strikeout rate. And, I mean, sometimes you got to cut guys some slack the first year in a new place. you got to think maybe they're, you know, pressing. But he's not at that age where you think that the plate discipline is declining. So, I mean, I think we've seen him bounce back from a similar season before. In 2017, he hit 33 home runs with a 259 batting average. This last season, he had 32 home runs with a 256 batting average. The seasons were almost identical. And he followed that up in, in 2018 with a 297 batting average, 37 home runs, 14 steals. So, I mean, he can absolutely do that again, which would put him far, you know, farther up these rankings for sure, you know. So, yeah, I, I think I believe in a, in a Machado bounce back, and I almost want to move him up here, at least ahead of uh, Suarez. I get that. I totally, I, I do. I really do. I just, I don't know, man. I just think it's so well documented how much he struggles away from Camden. It's so well documented. He's just not the same hitter. So it's like, it's, it's one of those, like, I move him, you move him down because you got to show me first a little bit. And I, yeah. feel like, I, I feel like where we have him is settling. Cause I think people, like, I think Sporer, I heard somebody who has him, like, I've, I've seen him outside a lot of people's top tens at the position. And I'm not willing to do that. Like, no. Like, people have a yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think I'd buy that. I, I looked into a little bit into his uh, splits, you know, between Camden and outside of Camden. And I believe for his career outside of Camden, he's like a 270 hitter. 260-something, I think, actually. 267, I think it was. Weird stat. Okay. I saw it, too, though. I did see it somewhere. I think I think that was actually Spore had it on his um third base preview uh, article. I th- he mentioned it because he's like – Away from Camden, it was like 267 career hitter or something like that. Yeah. And he had him ranked like 13th or 14th at that position. And I, I couldn't agree with that be, being that low on him because I still think that you don't use the talents there, the upsides there, the ceilings there. You don't just disregard all that because he hasn't really had a chance to play that much outside of Camden. You know what I mean? Like as far as like having a full time home park somewhere else. Right, exactly. So I'll, I'm, I'm, that's why I feel, I feel like me and you are pretty, not high on him, but I think we're, we're, We're pretty be... much in line with the same, you know, train of thought. Here oh, no, no, but I'm thinking as far as gen- in general, though, I think our consensus on them, we might be slightly higher, but not much. Right. Like, we, we're kind of like, we're willing to take him over a couple other names that others aren't, but. Yeah, yeah. Now, moving on here, we're we're getting, I mean, we still got names like Max Muncy, who I have next at 14th. Yep, me too. It kind yeah. of goes back to that. We, we are not going to harp on this one. We talk about Max Muncy at the last two positions. Right. So some of these guys, some of these guys were ranking in our third base rankings, but they're for sure going to be playing other positions like, you know, first base for Max Muncy. Second as well. Yeah. Second base. I mean, where he you uh, need second baseman, second baseman's way second and first are way more, are way more difficult to fill. So you're, absolutely. Probably, you're probably drafting Muncy as a first or second baseman. Seems yeah. Like even it. my next guy here uh, at 15, I have Jeff McNeil. You're Same probably here. playing him at second base yep. or even in the outfield. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of, and then that ends a tier for me again. Then it goes right back to Moose at 16. And I'm almost willing to move Moose. I, Moose I was torn on. I might move Moose up a tier. Just because he, remember, it goes back into that. He got that signing. He's kind of safe. He's almost, he's just like a Donaldson, except for he plays, he plays every day. Yeah. But I don't know. He lacks that ceiling. But Jeff McNeil lacks that ceiling too. So I think, yeah. I for, think Moose well, might move up for me once, one, one tier. I think I'm going to do that. 
Yeah, I can see that. So I have McNeil just ahead of him just because of the batting average. You know, he's going to be a batting average asset. Uh, We saw his power, you know, increase in the second half of the season. He hits a ton of doubles. So I think I think McNeil for me takes another step forward in points leagues because of that. So he hits he hit 38 doubles in 133 games last season. That's top 16 and I mean among the top 20 in doubles, he played the fewest amount of games. So he doesn't strike out too much. Uh he's going to hit the top of that lineup. He led off for most of the season with the Mets. So uh McNeil he's definitely like I said you're probably going to play him at second base or the outfield but he's one of those guys that takes a little bit of a step up in points leagues yeah and then uh with Moustakas you know obviously we we like the landing spot um I have him at 16 the only thing that has him down here for me is just the the OBP so like guys like ahead of him that are that you can see as like kind of similar players like Max Muncy and Josh Donaldson uh it's just the plate discipline that has them up there for me which kind of falls into my next guy which i'm a little higher on and i'm wondering if i should move him down but i can't seem to do it is justin turner i have him at 17 and i think you have him like around 20 so i actually uh moved him up a bit Did before you? we before we jumped on yeah i was kind of reviewing my rankings here and he's i moved so him up to solid. 17 as well yeah he's just so solid man and the thing is can you health. count on more than 130 games from him but that's you know? I mean, that's, yeah but if you can get 130 games of mid you know 25 home runs 80 rbis 80 runs and 280 average he's solid and he's definitely better in points leagues and obp leagues because of that but he's also good in five by five he's a stabilizer but yeah he doesn't stay healthy so it's aggravating so that's why it's like i want i want to move him down but am i really gonna put him over am i really gonna put him below sano who also has health issues yes he has he has a higher ceiling but he also can drag your batting average down do you really want do you really want to put him over guriel who yeah he might stay healthy but I i don't i don't believe he's gonna have the year he had last year. I think he was one of the biggest, like bigger benefactors of the just ball. I think yeah, absolutely. You look at his track record. It's his track record. Playing full seasons are like the same projection as Justin Turner missing time. Eduardo Escobar. You know how I feel about that. I want. Oh move, yeah. I want to move him lower. I just can't because it's not fair. Um, yeah. Like, so I mean, with Turner, I mean, I, I'd almost rather stay away from him in any kind of head-to-head format just because of that injury yeah, risk not, so not i think i'd almost rather have him yeah yeah i think i'd almost rather just have him in roto as like a corner in, i mean ranking him 17th here i'm not sure where he's going in drafts but you could probably have him as your corner infielder oh yeah and sure feel great about that feel good that you're going to get a good batting average i mean yeah he's 35 years old but i mean the stat cast metrics still look good I mean, I have him down here at 17 just basically because of the health and, and age concerns. That's exactly what it is. If you, if you, He would actually be in the tier above if it weren't for the health concerns. Yeah, yeah. He'd be right in there with Donaldson and Muncie and McNeil, right? Yeah, he'd be yeah, he, right in with those guys. He, he would probably be where Donaldson's at or right there under LeMay. Either way, yeah, he'd be top 15. Yeah. So. Yeah, and then I have uh, I have Yuli Gurriel at 18. Just, I have him I mean, at 21. Yeah, 36 I, years old. The average yep. is going to be okay. Just nothing special. So this right. is where I, this is where I took my chance. I mean, I have Sano at 19, one of the guys I have ahead of him. He could, like right, his projections are actually 38 home runs and 100 RBI, and the home run the the power is very real. He just hasn't stayed healthy in years. But there's there's rumor he's going to move to first base. That could really help his health potential. And you're looking at a guy who could hit, be a difference maker in home runs and RBI, but. Yeah, he could be dragging your batting average down. So I put, I put him above Guriel. That's one of the names I put up. 
uh, Tommy Edmond just because the steals. I value the steals and batting average later than I value the middling power and batting average. So that's why that was the way. That's why that one's the way it is. But you know the big one, the big name I have here. I don't. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm really high on them, and it goes back to my JD Davis love. It's just Statcast darling. Everything was backed by the um by Statcast numbers. Everything was backed. The, the actual production was backed by the Statcast by the X stats. The uh. The plate discipline solid. There, there was a, there was a swing change. There was a batting stance uh, alter uh, alteration as well. Everything's just I mean, he was always a lefty masher, and he actually hit righties really well. And he wasn't playing for the Astros anymore, so you can believe that he wasn't cheating. Um, <laughs> in all seriousness, I just love what I see, and I know that his biggest thing is playing time. Right now, he's a projected starter, but I get it. He, his glove is terrible. He needs to go to the AL. But if they allow him to make – and defense can be fixed. Like, you can fix defense. That's one thing I definitely can get fixed. Uh, major leaguer can fix, you know what I mean, like no matter what point in their career. So, I'm – I don't know. I, I'm aggressive on them. I, I've gotten them in a few early drafts already too. So, it's like I am practicing what I'm preaching. Um, I took him in the FBC as my starting third baseman, and I'm honestly really happy about that because I think he legitimately has 25 to 30 home run power. 80 RBIs, 80 runs, and a 270 to 280 batting average. I think that's realistic. That's a realistic potential for him, and you're getting him as late as you are. He's a, he's pretty much like a Justin Turner without the price. Turner was a good comp. I think you're you're kind of spot on there. I think if he can make the same kind of a, adjustments that Justin Turner made in his career, uh, I think that's a pretty good comp. If he, he does need to raise that launch angle, but I like you said, I think that power is there. So, I mean – We'll see. I, I like JD Davis too. Uh, maybe I'm not. I'm, maybe I'm not banging the drum, you know, as much as you are here for JD Davis. But uh, yeah, I, I could see it. I, I could definitely see it. You know, like you said, the Statcast metrics are all there. I think he's going to hit for a good average as well. He's got that power potential. Just you, you'd like to see that swing adjustment. You, you'd like to see him put the ball in the air a little bit more. Uh, well, but yeah, I, I think he did. I think he fixed the. That's what I'm saying. Part of his adjustment was the he added some launch angle this year, which is what helped with the power. That's why he put up, I think, 20 home runs in his limited time. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so. he still hit a uh, 47% ground ball rate, and you'd like to still? see the okay. the fly ball. Yeah. You'd like to see <laughs> the fly ball rate uh, go up from 30%. Uh, what that means he's hitting a lot of line drives, which supports the batting average. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so when he's hitting the ball as hard as he does and he's hitting 22.9% line drive rate, you like that for the batting average. And, and he actually backed off pulling so much, so he kind of took more of an all-fields approach, mostly mm-hmm. to center field, though. So, again, the batting average, the hard hit rate, like the hard hit rate and the launch angle, which, which gave him the line drive, uh, uh, the high line drive rate, is what keeps the batting average realistically aiming a little high. So, take some juice out of the ball, 25 home runs. Again, I think Justin Turner was the right comp. I should have just stuck with that one shut my mouth. I just think you can get you get him without the health concerns, and that's why I rank them back to back with Justin Turner one ahead of him. But I might make that switch, especially if Davis is called the starter day one. Then that switch is going to happen. But yeah, and, and there's a couple of guys here that, like you said, if they get if they have like guaranteed playing time, like Tommy Edmond, I have him 19, and I know we uh, we both mentioned him a bit. Yeah, I have him at 20. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we know that he's got the elite sprint speed. We're just hopeful for more playing time. Solid steel source late in drafts that, that really won't hurt you in other categories. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, Tommy Edmond right there I have at 19. Miguel Sano, I know you touched on him a bit. Mm-hmm. Might play first base, which would, you know, boost his value a bit. And it would I mean, he strikes out a ton, you yeah. know. Which is, he just strikes out 
uh 36 what is it 36 percent of the time so he's probably better in like roto instead of like head-to-head because he's going to be quite streaky but that 21 percent barrel rate oh man imagine imagine if he just he has that stanton power upside like that's he has that like 50 something homer he has that 50 plus homer in season in him yeah unfortunately he has that health track record too yeah and he's younger <laughs> which is weird um, Gary, we talk about Escobar. I'm just, I'm not talking about him again. He's another guy like, I talked to him on, about him on second base. I'm out on him. I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't 25 need to... home runs, 80 RBIs, 250. Boom. Call it a day. Yeah. Then we get into these like deeper league guys. Birdie was a guy that I liked late for speed, but VR kind of put a kibosh on that. Although right. there, there is a chance that Birdie can, I guess, win the job over like a Brinson or something, but I doubt it because the Marlins have no reason to see what a 28 or 29 year old birdie can do over a 23 year old Brinson. I think that's how old they are, but you know what I mean? So I doubt that's going to happen. So I'm not going to really talk about birdie other than that. He's on my ranks, but I haven't updated, I have to update him now because he doesn't belong there. Um, I found myself really, I have at 23, I have Miguel Andujar. I found myself targeting him more and more in drafts because he's just falling. We saw in the year without the juice ball, he put up high twenties home runs Solid RBIs and solid batting average. Like, what more do you want from a guy that you can get this late? Yeah, I have him right there at 24. I'm right there with you. I think he's someone that you can't forget about, really. I mean, uh, he was right there with, you know, had one of the better rookie seasons uh, in 2018 and then unfortunately was hurt last season. But he's going to come back in that Yankee lineup in that stadium and could put up, you know, similar numbers, 280 average, 30 home runs. Uh, you can't forget about Miguel Andujar. I have him 24th, but he's one that can easily uh, shoot up the, the rankings here. You just got to see where they plan on playing him, his health, all that good stuff. That's the right. Matters. Yeah, at 23, I have uh, Hunter Dozier. I have him at 24, so there you go. Yeah, just flip-flop <laughs> there, yeah. <laughs> I, I have we've him been, down as – We've been pretty much lockstep all night, man. Like, we have, so. yeah. <laughs> we're at, yeah. We're right on the same page here. I have Dozier as someone who's – uh, just solid. He strikes out a bit more than you'd like. Uh, and then obviously the, the lineup there is going to be so questionable, especially if they end up trading uh, like, you know, guys like Whit Merrifield. Uh, so you don't like the lineup. Uh, but I mean, hey, if you're looking for, he, he's someone who I can see Fall in like 12 team. teamers, like on and off the waiver wire all season. Yeah. Streak, like matchup dependent, but that, that division's getting tougher. It's not like, I mean, the pitching is always, you know, he's had the Indians to face, but the White Sox are getting better. The uh, Tigers are still a mess, but – and who else is in there? I'm trying to think of the other team. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm losing track of thought. The Twins, the, the Twins, the Indians, the oh, White the Sox, twins, Tigers. The twins. the twins are also – I think they're trying to improve their pitching stuff. So, we'll see what happens there. But all in all, I mean, that's – I mean, the White Sox are one less team he could beat up on, you know, with their – they have Grandall now helping call games. And that's – you know, he's such a great catcher as far as pitch framing and all that. It's just – He's going to take that pitching staff to the next level, not to mention if they sign somebody and who they have, you know, Giolito and all that in company right now, you know, Kopech and Cease. Just, yeah. I don't know, man. That, it's just not as easy of, as a division to beat up on. So you take away some counting stats, even, you know, with if they trade Merrifield, it's just it's just the ceiling's limited. So I, I don't have the high expectations or hopes that some others do, but he's all right. He's not bad. He's a good guy to follow, like a corner infielder in deeper leagues. Some right. 15 teamers, but totally you said I, I like that 12 team analogy like, on and off the waiver wire. I could totally see that. He has a good, he has a good, like if he has a really good schedule ahead of him, plug him in for the week and hope for, hope for the best. 
Yeah, um, exactly. Um, at 25. Like, let's run through some names here, I guess, 25 through 30. Sure. So at 25, I have Ryan McMahon. Oh. And um, let's see. McMahon, I, I, I mean, how do you, he – that's tough. I mean, obviously the Colorado Rockies situation is tough. You don't know where he's going to play, who they're going to bring in. He's not even in my top 30. I just realized that. <laughs> well, you know what? Birdie's got to go. McMahon, welcome to the top 30. There right. Seriously, it's yeah. that simple. Bye-bye, Birdie. So he did hit 24 home runs. Obviously, you're going to want to play him in Coors. Um, if that's he, pretty much if, it. If he's starting. If he's starting, right. It's such a mess. I'm so sick of that situation. It keeps coming up in these ranks, and we're about to get to outfield where it's going to happen again. Um, what about 26? Let's see. Uh, and at 26, I have Scott Kingery, who I actually like a lot more today uh, well, yeah, than because, I did when I did these rankings. Yes. And, oh, see, but even then, like, I can't – I was going to move him up a few spots, but – then I have to move him over Yandy Diaz and Urshela, which I'm okay with, I guess. Um, I'm not as high on him because that batting average is such a drain, but it's good to know. At least I think he has everyday playing time pretty much locked up. Although the Phillies made a big splash with the Wheeler signing, so you got to think they're probably in the market for a third baseman as well. But that still keeps him at shortstop, right? Or no? Oh, second base, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So I think the playing time's there. Power speed combo, not bad to grab for power speed at the end of drafts for sure. Good right. value. So but, I have him at 26 right now, but given that, you know, it's looking like he's going to have an everyday job locked up, I'm probably going to have him over a few of these guys here, um, at least over like Escobar, Dozier, McMahon. He's probably jumping those guys for me. I have him as a sleeper. Like, you know, he, he did, you know, he went 15 home runs and 19 steals last season. And I think he's got 2020 potential in him. He kind of reminds me of an of Marcus Simeon of like you know prior to last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the profile, you look at the Statcast pages for both these guys too. They're very similar. Uh, you know, elite sprint speed. The, you know, m- maybe the power you know metrics don't back up you know the home run numbers. But I think twenty twenty is there. Now I was kind of. You know what stops them from the twenty stolen bases? Those well, I don't know. They have new man. They have the whole the whole new manager thing. But Gabe, uh, not Gabe Kapler. Jeez, um, uh, Girardi. Right, Joe Girardi. Yeah, that's who's that's who the manager is. <laughs> it's been a crazy off season. Like you almost forget. Like that was like the big news for like for a while there. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey, it's December and guys are signing. All right, the hot stove is. It's on, on. Right so right, yeah. So you almost forget about some of these some of these moves. You haven't, um, we haven't like just after how bad last year was. You know what I mean? Like, it's just nice to see, and it, it's so busy that, like, his track record with teams in the past. I ha- I would like to say I have to go. See, I want to go. I should go see like how he, like when he was a manager. How like you know how Matheny's known that he's had he, he his teams in the past never really ran. Yeah. So like I'm wondering how he allows these guys to run, but. Kingery's still going to be hitting at the bottom of the lineup. His uh, plate discipline is always, you know, it needs to be improved. And it's just like there's a slow, like, obviously you're chasing the power-speed combo, but there's just potentially such a drain at batting average and definitely an OBP that it could really hurt you. you got to build for that guy, man. Yeah, for sure. So, so go ahead. Sorry. No, I just think the potential is there. I mean, he, he hits a ton of line drives. He, he hits the ball. I mean – 
If you look at his uh, Fangraphs hard hit percentage, it's at 45.9%. And if you pair that with the 26.2% line drive rate and this elite sprint speed that he does have, I mean, you, you could see maybe a, a, in, a season with an inflated BABIP. Like I said, I think for me, I kind of comp him to, to Marcus Simeon. And I, I was a year, I, I kind of, I've always liked Simeon. And last year was the first season that I was just off. And I was kind of, yeah, that burned me a bit. But yeah, I yeah. think Kingery can, can, I think he profiles similarly. How do you feel about Nick Solak? You know, I'm big on him. So Mike, Mike made me look into him one time and I fell in love. I was smitten. And there's a good point though. Like he could lose, I think he's projected to start at third base for the Rangers right now. So if yeah. they actually do land a third baseman, he could be in trouble for playing time. But he's the power speed combo I want over Kingery. Maybe not as many steals, but he's projected 21 home runs and eight steals. So I think legitimately 20 and 10 is realistic with a 268 batting average. So maybe 270 even. I'm rounding up. I know. I'm trying to be optimistic here. But either nevertheless, he's still a legit power speed combo with a solid batting average. And he's going literally like end of drafts, if not undrafted in 12 teamers. Except for he's a little like I know our guy, our draft took him. I think I think Mike actually took him in the in the mock. So you know what I mean? Like Yeah. Uh, but if it wasn't for him. He was probably going to fall and not be drafted, or I would have taken him because I'm also in on him. But I don't know. What do you think about Nick Solak? Yeah, so I have him at 28th. Okay, which... so you're still there. At least you have him ranked. I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I have him ranked 28th. Like you said, if if I mean the the playing time, we'll see how that sh- how that lineup shakes out. You know, uh, come spring training, we'll see who they acquire. Um, but yeah, I, I could see the potential there for sure. I'm uh, wondering. Do... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, yeah, I, I do like the the plate discipline that he did show. You know, in his first first stint in the majors, walking eleven percent, and now I know it's only in thirty three games, so that's a small sample size. But yeah, you could see the potential there with the five home runs and the two steals in those games, hitting two ninety three. Uh, yeah, he's someone I might have to move up to. You know, a guy who's been number thirty for me, I think, on every position that he's been eligible is uh, Tommy Lastella. You need high floor at the end of your drafts, a little bit of power, some batting average. Tom Lestel is just safe and solid. It's that simple. Uh, Yandy yeah. Diaz, <laughs> Yandy Diaz, another guy that I don't know what to do. The Rays, you know, right now have pretty much a path for almost everyday playing time for him. If that's the case, are we both, are we all too low on Yandy? We saw the potential and we see the biceps. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I was a big Yandy fan coming exactly, into the season, why. so I mean. Yeah, I mean, is there really any reason to to be off of him at this point? I mean, I know he made us incremental, you know, small little uh, improvement in his launch angle. You hope that he can continue that. That barrel percentage is is looking, you know, a lot nicer. You know, raised, you know, by six percent over twenty eighteen. If the so, Rays, like, this is the one time where I don't want the Rays to make any moves. Yeah. But I, you know, they're going to go out and make. They're going to be the ones who sign Howie Kendrick. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> it's gonna happen. They're gonna sign Howie Kendrick, who could play first, second, and third, which would mess with Nate Lowe, Brandon Lau, and Yandy yeah, Diaz. Yeah, and those yeah, are all. I th- can see that. As of right now, I love their lineup. I love all three of those guys, but Yandy's the one I like the least. And either either way, though, Yandy, Yandy, whoever his name is. Um, so I try to get them right, but I know I'm screwing up. I think it's Yandy, right? <laughs> yeah, Yandy. Yeah, so it's like the Rays just are – they're like the Rockies of the AL. It's aggravating. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Any uh, any other names worth mentioning? I mean, 
Urshela, he uh, just is he, if he starts, I like him. He's in the Yankees lineup. It's that simple. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're talking third base here, and we haven't even mentioned Matt Carpenter's name. He's I mean, that's just 30. right. He's neither. He's ni- neither in mine either. You just how the money have fallen. Right. I mean, well, he's going stupid cheap right now. Well, he's not bad. Like last round flyer, but he had that hot six weeks in 2018 that carried his value all of last year and people just didn't give up on him because of the, because of the name. There's, yeah. there's nothing suggesting any type of turnaround in his, in his uh, profile either. So I don't know, man. I watched yeah, that it. was just an interesting name that we hadn't mentioned yet. And then uh, there's also Travis Shaw. I mean, he he's was, a free he agent. Was, yeah. I was like, he was uh, whatever it's called. Yeah, you think about a team that might need like a third baseman or or Marlins. a first baseman. <laughs> no, I, I was I I was talking. I spoke to Alex. You'll hear it on the podcast where I spoke to Alex Fast. I, I mentioned I was like the Marlins can just literally take and, and he's like because oh, he's an Orioles fan, so the Orioles too, and you can just take those teams and they can just literally go out and just pick up all these non-tendered guys and make a new team out of them. Like we're yeah. not, we weren't exaggerating. Like that's how that's how baseball has come so top heavy and bottom bottom feeders man teams are so good they have to let go of these great guys that other teams can make te- a whole roster out of oh yeah you take all the non-tendered guys and i mean they're by far better than the the marlins yeah if you make a team of them they could probably win 60 games yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad marlins are so bad oh, but the giants aren't looking so good either and you guys you guys non-tendered pilar so yeah, yeah, they're not looking so good. They, hey, but we kept Dickerson though, so I mean, boom. <laughs> you're still I gonna just, hear the you're still gonna hear the Dick chants at, coming well, out of Oracle Park. <laughs> but the thing is, though, is I actually like him for like deep, like fifteen teamers for like a little bit of power upside. Him and Yaz are actually interesting pieces to your team. Yeah, the thing with Dickerson is just if, if he could stay healthy. But yeah, he's certainly flashed uh, some potential with the bat for sure. That's why it's like he's another guy. Remember how you said Dozier on and off? Like he's a guy you'll be streaming in season when he's like away, when he's like, you know, four games in cores that week. Perfect streamer. You'll probably you'll probably have him on a list or two this year. Yeah. Assuming that you pick up that article again for franchise. Well, that's I think that's gonna do it, man, right? Like I think we're good. We talked we did a lot of, you know, this position. <laughs> talked about thirty players. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, this is by far the deepest position that we've looked at so far. Shortstop uh, gets better. Yeah, outfield's, it does. <laughs> outfield's going to be in two parts, by the way. I'm already telling you that now. Yeah. It's going to be two parts outfield. Some pitchers probably going to be in two parts. And then hopefully come January, be ready to roll with the fun stuff. The sleepers bring out some busts, the stuff that people like to the meat and potatoes. This is just like the side dishes right now, getting people warmed up. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. This is still good stuff. Though. It's this fun, is still man. Fun, right? Well, what yeah. it does is it gets us, it throws names out there that people that haven't been doing this, like us degenerates this whole offseason. We've been spending football season prepping baseball. This, honestly, is a lot of help because people are getting to hear names that they were like, oh, they probably haven't heard about in a while or maybe not even thought about. And like, wow, maybe I need to get them on our radar. And Dude, exactly, man, exactly. I, I have a bunch of – I mean, I have some fantasy football teams in the playoffs right now, and I could care too. less. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just waiting for it to be over. <laughs> I'm at you know, I'm already deep into this uh, 2020 uh, baseball prep. I'm not even kidding, man. Like, I was thinking, like, other than my very few, like, legitimate, like, home leagues I play in every year, yeah. I might just drop football together because I really enjoy doing this year-round. And 
I enjoy this so much. It takes away from me able to have time to actually care about fantasy football. I just don't have the time for it. Like, I don't I, – I, I, I forgot my waivers a few times this year, man. Yeah, same here. And I think playing fantasy football just makes me appreciate, you know, our sport here of baseball so much more. It's just aggravating because there's like everybody, like all the, especially when you start to get to know all the analysts. A lot of people are really cool in both industries, but it's, it's rare that like baseball has so many different players. You can find players that other people don't quite know about yet. Whereas in football, everybody knows about every player. There's no real like edge to gain because all the information is readily available and it's quick. Baseball, there's always somebody coming out of the woodwork somewhere and you can gain an edge just by being a little quicker than your league mates or a little more knowledgeable about like the minor leagues or there's always something. It's yeah. not, I mean, football has that, but not to the extent that baseball does. So I really think I appreciate that about baseball more that it, the, the, like, it takes real strong ownership to win leagues a lot of times, especially in these deeper leagues. Like the, the, like right now I'm in the NFBC, these just draft championship draft champions league. Yeah. I might do another one, but the chat they're talking about. Yeah, now we're at the point that we're like we're like in round thirty or thirty four, something like that, and we're getting to the point of the draft where it's like we're getting you know six hundred players deep or so, and people are like, I gotta start looking up players I never even heard half of these names, and this is starting to show, <laughs> well, but this is starting to show where it's like, wow, this prep is working because I still have a queue pretty full of names, like I just drafted Kobe Allard, like he's not gonna be relevant in most leagues, but he's relevant in this league as like my tenth pitcher off the board. In a, fi- yeah. in a 15 in a 15 team draft and hold like Kobe Allard's name and I, I, I picked up Davey Garcia because because he fell late enough and he's in AAA so there's a chance and then I'm gonna start you know I'll start taking some chances like that later on but well yeah. with that with that said though we covered third base we're gonna be moving on a shortstop soon short stop soon yes yeah, right um it's been a long <laughs> it's been a long night um, if you guys want to follow us on Twitter, hit us up with your questions, please. We are glad to answer them. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Mike underscore Curland. That is George at J Montanez 90. We have two other co-hosts. You have Mike, who is known as SP streamer. You can follow him at SP streamer. That's simple enough. And we have Zach, of course, uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Braph Z. You can follow the basis loaded podcast, Twitter page and Instagram page at basis loaded pod. And of course, I mean, just keep, Stay tuned. I mean, we've been writing all off season. We've been podcasting all off season. If you're just now joining us, we greatly appreciate it. Um, hopefully, we'll get you up to date with what's going on and be a good source for you guys to tune into the rest of the off season and be and into the season. So, until then, guys, though, we will talk to you soon.